0: Hello and welcome to Broadband. Here at Broadband, we live by the philosophy that one needs other human beings to teach them how to be human. Our guide for today on this journey of communal actualization is Sama Al-Rafai, a research-based visual artist and historian striving to shorten the distance between the public and art. I want to set the stage for this interview by shining the spotlight on three main points of focus for our dialogue. The first being Sama and her unique human journey. Next, I want to introduce you to Sama's art form of choice, and I want to dive a little deeper on what it means to be an artist, what it takes to be an artist, and how hard it is to be an artist. And finally, I want to provide you, the listener, with some answers to the question, well, what is art good for? We'll suggest ways that art can be a dynamic tool to enhance your everyday life. Now, let's start by learning about Sama the artist. Did you grow up in an artistic household?
1: I actually did. I grew up with abstract expressions of a father and a mom that loves fashion and a sister that also did marketing. So I grew up in a very creative environment and visiting my dad's exhibitions early on really helped me see the world through this artistic lens. Uh,
0: And so in in many Eastern cultures, parents have the notion specifically in Kuwait that their kids will either be doctors or engineers or lawyers. Is this an ideology that you had to battle with throughout your adult life? It sounds like coming from a very artistic background and family, that it wasn't an issue. Is that the case?
1: Actually, it was not that easy. Also, considering that my father was an artist, I think that it's the society we live in. The society we live in and the history of our society itself says a lot about parents and what they would aspire for their children. And it's tough due to the history of Kuwait, in my opinion. We come from, geographically speaking, we come from a country where trade was the most important form of, let's say, where they created or generated their economy and their income. And it was, I would say it's tough to like steer away from the structure itself. But I truly believe that today we see more of our youth steering away and choosing the fields they truly believe in and truly want to excel in. And that makes me so happy.
0: I completely agree with you in terms of the history. And it definitely has something really, I mean, the the history is embedded in all of our households and with every family. So there's always the idea of you can do it, just do it as a hobby, do it on the side. So how do you feel when someone says to you, why don't you just do it on the side?
1: I think because they do not grasp what we feel as artists or historians or as researchers within the field, because Our passion runs deep. Our passion drives us to implement this change in Kuwait. Seeing like, or living in a country with no platform for the arts and a passion this strong, it becomes this driving motivator to just keep pushing forward, to keep trying to implement change. And having that said, I know it might not make money like a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer, but we're just as important. So I would tell the general public, whoever is listening to this, Please don't tell any artist to keep this as a hobby, please.
0: It's definitely a way to dismiss the entire field and to belittle it. And it's definitely a field that is not to be dismissed and is very formidable and important. So uh, George Santayana said that to know your future, you must know your past. Can you describe Kuwait's artistic fingerprint of the past and predict any historic trends that are bound to happen for the future?
1: That's a very interesting question. In the past, I would say it was more figurative and it reflected our history with trade, with pearl diving, with the way of living generally in Kuwait. And as time moved forward, you could see a change within the artists as they saw the large influence or the immense influence of Western art being impacted as people began to travel, as as people began to see, as people began to explore. And Kuwait was like pivoted in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s with theater, with the art, with expression, whether it came down to individualistic expression or artistic expression. We had Andy Warhol in Sultan Gallery. We had exhibitions running. We had theaters. We had so much. And I think it was Khalifa al-Ghattan with circularism. He started, he coined this term circuitism that impacted abstract art in Kuwait. We then had a wave of people steering away from figurative art and expressing themselves with color, brushstroke, line, and form. However, in my opinion, when I look at us today, I feel like art is still safe in our country. We have controversial art trying to provoke, let's say, the art scene in quotation. However, I still think that the art is filtered and what people prefer is figurative art. And I always say that figurative art is rude because it makes people comfortable. And it's such an imposition. And it's where one can easily identify a motif, look at it for two minutes, is not challenged whatsoever, and simply leaves. What I look at when it comes down to the future or contemporary art in Kuwait, I think it's bubbling. I think it's morphing. I think it's currently being challenged by a lot of artists. And it gives me great pleasure to see that because it trains the human eye to look at beauty in a different way. And I really hope that in the future, we could see plagiarized art also eliminated. That is my ultimate dream.
0: So you're inferring that uh, plagiarism is something that is very prominent in Kuwait.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think what's amazing about my field, like in art history, it's so easy to pinpoint inspiration or sheer plagiarism. And I would say inspiration is something that speaks to you, it resonates to you. You take it, you morph it, and insert your imprint your identity, your experience, and your expression instead of taking something and slamming it as it is and saying, this is mine. Now that is rude.
0: So two things are rude, figurative art and plagiarism. All right. So Frida Kahlo, Pasida Abad, and Yayoi Kusuma, those are the only three prominent female artists that I can name off the top of my head. Why are all the quote unquote great artists men?
1: Actually, not all great artists are men. What history chooses to shed light on um, is both a structure and is sexist and is highly misogynistic and highly problematic to our current age. So when I say art, especially in our region, people would say Picasso. Picasso. And I would always say, what if Picasso was a woman and Picasso himself was inspired by women? So where did all of these miss and misses go? Where were they? They were, I. this is a bit controversial also, but I mentioned this in a blog saying that Picasso or male artists at that time in general picked up a brush in one hand and grappled a woman in the other. So it's insane. So as time moves forward, it's our job to raise awareness towards this topic, to include women into discourse in general. Whether it's artistic discourse or any other discourse of the world. So yeah, I would say that there are great women artists, but blame the man that created the art historical cycle named Giorgio Vasari. Because it all began with him.
0: All right, so... Speaking of women in discourse and of influential women, influential women in Kuwait started a movement named Len Eskit, which translates to I will not be silent regarding the sexual and other forms of harassment that are prominent within the region. Are you engaging in this dialogue through your art?
1: Yes, I am. And it was my most recent post. I was honestly quite hesitant to post that because... I come from a society where one is easily judged and one is easily attached to labels, to liberal, to conservative, to this, to that. And I realized then, like prior to posting that picture, I was like, I do have the privilege to speak. I do have the privilege to use my voice. I might have a small platform, but it is still a platform and I chose to speak because it is truly a reality we live in as women. And I do not expect men to understand this reality as it is instigated by them in most cases, in all cases, actually. But I would say that it's a very important movement that needs to be seen, heard, and acknowledged. And I don't want to mention the woman, but I would speak on my behalf. I have a hard time walking. Uh, alone in the streets at night, whether it's due to being catcalled to, I don't know, men doing obscene things, which have actually happened. But I urge all of our women to speak and all of our men to speak. And even if a man listening to this has done it before, I think this is your time to actually take part and change that. And if you haven't been through it please do not gaslight other women and do not dismiss other women's experiences as they are extremely valid. So yeah, I'm very proud of our women shedding light on this topic. And I really, really hope that law is put into place and application is implemented and carried out and how we could have it on all of our phones. That would be amazing.
0: You know, what's deplorable is the fact that You engaging in the dialogue and the discourse through your art is controversial. You know, the provocative men that are doing obscene and heinous acts on a daily basis, rather than that being controversial, it it seems to me that people are possibly caring about the wrong things or focusing on the wrong things. So you said that your art piece was controversial. Did you get any, I guess, backlash or negative feedback because of it, or was it supported?
1: Honestly, if my artwork was figurative, people would understand it. Because as I mentioned, I like to pin down a motif quite quickly and easily. However, my piece is an abstract piece. Uh, It's a spherical with colors depicting a woman's privates, I would say. And I didn't want to highlight it due to backlash. And currently in my day-to-day experience, I would say I'm exploring this idea of having the artist silenced. I spoke on the behalf of this movement as I am a woman. However, I do think that my art is filtered here. I do think that my art is censored. My art is constrained. My art is confined. And this is not me doing myself justice, I would say. And I mentioned this to you earlier before, Aziz, that it's me catering to the audience. And so this is where I'm currently at saying I would like to rip off the Band-Aid, but Mm. ripping off the Band-Aid could also hurt a lot of people. And I do not want to inflict any pain on anyone or or offend anyone. So it's like this tug of war. And now people on this podcast will know what this artwork was about. And maybe I will receive that backlash.
0: Oh, you heard it here first, folks. And I would encourage everyone to go to Sema's Instagram and look at that art piece. It is truly mind-blowing and, and really powerful. Hey, guys, this is the part of the podcast where people usually tell you to buy this product or subscribe to this service, but we don't have any sponsors yet so we'll sell ourselves instead. We have four simple asks. One, please subscribe if you haven't already. Two, share the podcast. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, and share it with a stranger. Start a conversation. Three, check out the show notes. You can find all the references that we've already made and are about to make on there. And four, engage with us on Instagram and email. Enjoy the rest of the show. So... I want to get into what it means to be an artist. If everyone is an artist, is anyone really an artist? You know, there's a strong advertising strategy, specifically with big tech companies, to call people artists. Apple, for example, tries to sell expensive machines by basically telling everyone that they can be an artist if they purchase their products. Who has the right to call themselves an artist?
1: I think, honestly, everyone is truly an artist. The only thing that differentiates one from the other is their toolkit, I would say. So let's say my toolkit is my favorite palette knife and my favorite brush and the stroke I'm attached to and the colors that I use. Others may also use these colors and utilize them in another way. However, why I encourage that everybody is an artist is because when I look at my art early on, it has really evolved, it has really changed And what I wanted to hear then was support, was belief. And I am not in a place to say everyone shouldn't call themselves artists or you're a good artist and you're a bad artist. That would make me sound like a snob, although I'm partially snobbish, I would say. Um, I think it takes a capitalist to look at you and be like, you know what, I'm going to make you rich. It takes an institution to look at you and be like, you know what, I'm going to make you famous. But I would advise artists, of course, I, I humbly advise the artists, like you can also dispose my advice, to move and to tread lightly and to believe in the work and the sole purpose of the work itself, which is an ode to yourself. It's an ode to your personal expression, your personal journey And this need to translate a particular emotion or a particular memory or a particular dream you have. So what I'm trying to say is what makes an artist is the artist, is the person. What makes you unique in the body of yourself, in the spirit of yourself and the way you see the world, I would say, deeply impacts your work. So you're the judge of that, I would say.
0: And say I am embarking on this journey to become an artist and I'm truly attempting to become an artist. Will I become shocked and surprised by the challenges ahead?
1: Absolutely. It's like any other field, I would say. First, I would say that it's like you're screaming and you want somebody to hear you all the time because it's a field where one needs to be flexible, patient, determined and consistent. I would like to compare it to my favorite thing in the world, which is a mountain. It's like a very rocky mountain. You either give up and go back down, or you either continue until you reach that peak. And the peak is not necessarily fame. The peak is not necessarily money. It depends on the principle of the artist, him or herself. For me personally, if I have provoked an emotion, that's me at the peak. If I moved someone by an art piece, even if they didn't buy it, that's a peak. But it's tough financially because not everyone is willing to pay and not everybody cares about art and people want cheap art. So that's an issue.
0: Well, let's get into that issue. What is the relationship between artists and money?
1: It's a toxic relationship. So an artist would say, you know what? I don't have to make money. I'm just going to live this vagabond life and just go about it however it presents me or however it meets me and i'm just gonna wing it and then other artists go like no i want to be really rich i want to be really famous i want to make it into the art market and then you have the other set of artists that just don't know what they want so i would say that it's a toxic relationship because you want it you need it but it's horrible So in my opinion, let's say when I base this on Kuwait, I would love to see at least partial funding to the artists i would like to see if not funding i would like to see an extraordinary university like the universities that are being built for other fields like engineering like english majors medicine i would like to see the same for our dancers for our artists for our writers for our poets it would be like the new york school but kuwait's version I think that reviving our museums here in Kuwait that have been severely neglected is very important for us to be held together in this more unified manner. I believe that once we understand how far our histories go, uh, maybe our, our history is, is extensive and is impactful. And our ancestors did so much to, to fortify this country and to bring it into fruition, but I think that once we fully grasp the the value of our history and the morals we should live by as a society, it would bring us closer. It would give us an opportunity to look at the world through a more accepting lens. Yeah. exactly.
0: yeah, yeah. definitely. So you mentioned earlier, something extremely interesting. I was very intrigued when you said it takes a very wealthy capitalist to make you rich or famous or wealthy. And you know, you're right. Unfortunately, that's the case. And it's been the case throughout history. And you know, my time working and living in Florence, Italy was filled with art and art history that was funded by the ancient oligarchic Medici family. What role do wealthy people play in supporting the arts?
1: Oh, well, since you brought up the Medici's, they literally conquered everything, including the arts. So they had a big say in religion, they had a big say in the country, and they had a big say in the arts. Power and money, I would say. Power and money is a disaster, but we need them to exist. And I think that a lot of the masterpieces are held today by money launderers, people in power, it doesn't matter. Uh, the, what matters is, I believe, is if they're housed properly, as an art historian, I would say, if they're housed properly, they're conserved, they're not restored too many times, they're just there, good job. You could do what you do.
0: I love that. I love that. Fantastic. Um, okay, so we are trying to answer the question, what is art good for All right. So what ways can art enhance the spectator's life?
1: I would say that art makes you sensitive towards beauty. Art makes you appreciate things in ways you haven't seen before. And I speak out of bias, of course, but I think that art is a moment in history that is offered for you to relive. Art is a story that is untold or told in some particular cases when it's figurative, let's say. Art is also art education. Art is also art critique. Art is also safeguarding our culture and our heritage. And which takes me to what my father always tells me. He's like, everything is art and you receive everything from art. Even driving is an art as you move your wheel and consider other people in the street, that is an art in itself. Therefore, I would say that you benefit the world from art. You benefit every field, whether it's science, whether it's uh, psychology, whether it's literature, whether it's history, you benefit all that and more in art. And I would urge every one of you to maybe look into a favorite artist or ponder on a favorite painting or visit your favorite museum. And if you have the opportunity, you could also share it with me. I would love that.
0: Um, Awesome. Phenomenal. Uh, So being a millennial, I feel comfortable saying that many people in my generation feel entitled free art, whether it be music whether it be video. There's a lot of piracy, plagiarism, you know, like some people just could like download a print, for example, print it out in like one of those shops and now you have a free canvas, right? So how would you suggest ways where we can essentially, I think maybe the millennial generation, maybe, I hope it's not too late for us, but for the next generations coming in, what can we say to them to say, okay, like this is the way we should be living instead of the way we actually are.
1: I would say that, it is easy for you to get something for free but I think it's also great to um encourage your fellow local artists your fellow local designers your fellow local everything that are creating things from scratch and are trying to offer you something, a service, a commodity, an art piece, anything. The best thing we could do is share who they are, support them as individuals, even by a simple message or DMing them. I think that's supportive to artists or any human that's trying to do anything. And also one thing I would like to highlight that, I always hear this artsy fartsy. Oh my God, the community is not like that. It is pretty odd. And the way people would perceive you as being, I don't know, picky, too much, too detailed, I would say about how you feel about your own journey or how you feel towards yourself. But the art community is not rigid. It is very playful. It is very dynamic. It is a lot of fun. And it's more that artsy fartsy situation going on for it. We have that, but it's not all that is what I'm trying to say.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Sama Adafai, thank you so much for being my dancing partner for today's dialogue. You've been amazing and I look forward to uh, the next time we get to interact.
1: Absolutely. I look forward to that too. And thank you for having me. You've been amazing. And thank you, everybody.
0: This podcast would not be possible without your support. So please subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends and family, check out the show notes for any references made and engage with us on Instagram and email. Thank you.